Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by Boston Hemp, Inc. Wednesday, February 14th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, feeling better, back in the uh, co-pilot's chair, if you will, for this Wednesday edition of the show. Three games on tap tonight in the NHL, but Alex, welcome back. Feeling better, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, finally doing good, and uh, like I said, thanks to everybody for all the well wishes and stuff, and you know, this time of year, you get the flu, it can hit you down a little bit, but uh, feeling good and ready to go, and we've got uh, a wonderful next few days ahead of us, so looking forward to it, starting with a short slate tonight. Yeah, uh, three games tonight in NHL action, uh, looking forward to breaking uh, those down for sure. Uh, let's get into last night, though. It was a busy Tuesday night, and it was a roller coaster ride of a Tuesday night as far as... Uh, a lot of the games and the way they transpired and a lot of the betting results as well. I mean, the last night was a little bit of everything. The good bets, the bad bets, the ugly bets. Uh, there was a little bit of everything last night, uh, especially for yours truly. But uh, we'll begin at 7 p.m. Eastern uh, with the um, let's talk first Toronto Maple Leafs and what they were able to accomplish last yeah. night. Classic National Hockey League fuckery spot, if there ever was one, where you've got this down and out Toronto team. No Morgan Riley, who got a five-game suspension. We'll talk about that in a moment. No John Tavares or Mitch Marner at the last minute uh, due to a mononucleosis bout uh, and an illness going on through that. So all of a sudden, you're talking about two of your core four gone, your best defenseman gone, and all you do is beat a, a Blues team 4-1 to one that was 7-1 and one in their last eight games going into last night. Classic. Classic shit right there. Uh, and uh, obviously, uh, the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, look, this is where if you're a Leaf fan, you're fucking livid and frustrated and you're just ripping your hair out with this team. Why does it take this situation last night? No Tavares, no Marner, no Morgan Riley, your best defenseman. Why does it take a situation like that for the entire team, forward one through 12, defensemen one through six, to dig in defensively? Pound the puck carrier all over the ice. Be structured. Be tight, airtight in your defensive coverages. Why does it take this situation to bring that out of the Leafs? Why? That is the thing. Why can't we see this more often? Why can't we see this shit with Morgan Riley in the lineup? Why can't we see that yeah. kind of a structured, tight, strong defensive effort? They gave up fewer than 20 shots last night. I mean, it was an absolute blanket that this team put over the St. Louis Blues last night. And yet it took Morgan Riley being out and obviously two of their top four forwards being out for it to happen. That being said, credit to them. Uh, Bobby McMahon, a hat trick, guy that wasn't even going to play last night uh, before the uh, late absences. He gets a hat trick for Toronto and a 4-1 to one win over the red-hot St. Louis Blues, of course, who have a lot on the line right now trying to make the playoffs in the uh, Western Conference. Uh, crazy stuff. As far as the Riley suspension is concerned, I thought it was two games uh, higher than I would have had it. I would have had it three games. This guy's never done anything out of line in the past. He's been a loyal. He's been a good foot soldier. He's been a good player as far as avoiding controversy and, you know, incidents in the past. He also was nominated for the Lady Bing Trophy just a few years ago as well. Uh, Morgan, I thought five was a little rough to give him that much. I would have given him three, uh, quite honestly. That's the number I had in mind, but it is what it is. 
five-game suspension. They're um, appealing it, by the way, which is absolutely absurd because none of these appeals ever win. Never. Uh, it's going to be upheld. So it's just a total waste of time if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, but five games for Morgan Riley. But last night, and look, Alan Trimble, uh, who <laughs> we had some fun with him on in the chat yesterday, he had the Dick Hog parlay recommendation, which just barely fell short yesterday. Hoaglander and Dickinson in that Hawks-Canucks game. But he also pointed out the record of the Leafs without Morgan Riley last year was what 12 and 4 and 1 12 4 and 1 13 4 and 1 now without Morgan Riley the it's, it, it makes no sense he's a great defense the best defenseman and yet somehow this team's like now 13 4 and 1 without him in the lineup and another win without him last night insane that's why maybe you know tread lightly tread carefully at least fading yeah. the Leafs here without Morgan Riley right now especially if they're going to play D like last night like, I thought I was watching the 90s Devils. They were all over the ice, hounding the puck carrier, forwards back-checking, forwards helping out the D every single shift. Unbelievable. Uh, but, Alex, crazy stuff. And um, that's the NHL sometimes. Seems like yeah. a layup. Lose red hot. Leafs got all these injuries and and, and illnesses and suspension to Riley. And here we go, Toronto 4-1. Yeah, you know, it's funny because if we see this in football, we see this in basketball with this kind of a line, the team that we liked in the spot being St. Louis as an underdog, we think – well, something special here, but in the NHL and certainly in the NHL in the days after the end of, of football season, uh, you can kind of say, oh, well, maybe this is one where the books weren't paying attention and, and they end up getting it absolutely right. But they shouldn't have. Uh, like you said, if you're missing your top defenseman and, and two of your top three forwards, that team's supposed to lose favorite or underdog regardless. And if you got a hot dog coming in in, in town like St. Louis, uh, I felt comfortable enough to, to grab 180 with that. That was one of my. Uh, um, you know, stronger plays yesterday, and uh, you know, Bobby McMahon arrived, <laughs> and they get and get the hat trick. You know, and things like that happen too. We we always talk about next man up mentality. We just didn't expect necessarily that would come from a team that, if they have everybody healthy on a Tuesday night, laying a dollar ninety or two hundred, they're usually losing games three to two, four to two. So the fact that those guys are missing, we were kind of thinking, okay, well, yeah, where's next man up mentality? Even if it's a full house, they may not show up. So. Uh, kudos to them for getting the win. That's a big two points. And we talk about how some of these wins and losses stick out more than others. When we look down the road, we get close to the playoff time. This is the two points that will definitely ring out if they end up getting home ice or somehow winning the division by that margin. You can look at a game like this and say, well, this is where they stepped up and delivered in a big spot. Yeah, no question. So credit to the Leafs for that. Uh, credit to the Colorado Avalanche finally getting a win on this road trip. And um, I figured, you know what? I thought I was going to stay away from Colorado the rest of the road trip after seeing them get blanked against Florida. But then when I saw, oh, Washington's that next opponent, if they were ever going to get right and get back on track, it was Washington last night, and they did. Uh, they jumped on the Capitals early. Now, Washington did answer back, credit to them, uh, in the first. But uh, after that, Colorado, again, uh, takes control. Uh, and uh, like I say, an explosion for them offensively. Uh, that game was pretty good to me overall, uh, over, and the uh, team total especially for the uh, Colorado Avalanche over three and a half caches. That was my strongest play in that game. So it was good to see that cash. Much needed win. Need some. Comp you need to be able to win on the road. As we always say, when you play in the playoffs, best of seven series come April. You know you're going to have to play at least three games on the road. So you've got to be able to win road games. And teams like Tampa Bay, teams like Colorado, who have struggled on the road, were both able to win. And the other one was Tampa Bay. Uh, with a uh, shootout victory last night uh, over the Boston Bruins, uh, three to two, they were better last night. Hell, how the fuck could they not be better after the way they played against Washington 
just a complete and utter no-show by the Bruins on Saturday afternoon. But something's still not right there. I thought they were better, but they weren't great. You know what I mean? They weren't great last night, Boston. They're still a little out of sync offensively, missing the net quite a bit with a lot of their chances. Um, Still a couple of plays defensively where there were some breakdowns for Boston. Just um, what they didn't look great. You know, they were obviously a whole lot better effort-wise, intensity-wise than the Washington game because they gave you nothing. They gave you zero performance, zero effort, zero intensity, zero give-a-damn against the Capitals in that loss on Saturday. You know, there was give-a-damn, there was effort, there was compete last night, but there just wasn't a fluid performance from Boston. And I think Tampa Bay played well enough to win, uh, and that that's exactly what happened. Uh, a 3-2 shootout victory there for the uh, Lightning uh, over the uh, Boston Bruins. This is starting to look, Alex, like a little bit like the dog days here for Boston a little bit. You know, this is now two really bad games they've played, Calgary and Washington. Vancouver game that they won, on paper it looks good because they shut out a great Canucks team. Jim Montgomery after that game was saying, I still don't think we played all that great. You know, we just capitalized on a ridiculously high amount of blunders by the Canucks, especially shorthanded, you know, when they gave up multiple shorthanded goals in this game. And sure enough, last night, yeah, the effort was there, unlike the Washington game where nothing was there, but it still wasn't a great fluid performance. And yeah, just going through a little bit of a, you know, you got to grind sometimes in a long season where you don't have your best. And right now, I think the Bruins are in a little portion of their schedule where right now we're not seeing their absolute best. Yeah, definitely. I think it has a lot to do with how hard they've played. You know, I mentioned it, uh, you know, a, co- a few days ago where you, you take the last 82 games from last season, the historic run, and then you take the hot start they had this year. That's a lot of winning. It's a lot of big hockey. But like I said, we haven't seen many days off from Boston. It, just natural regression uh, uh, of fatigue and, and, and kind of just, the you know, the emotional letdowns at times. We hadn't really seen that from Boston where we could have expected that. You know, it's a team that could have gone 500 in October and nobody would have batted an eye because of how their season went last year and how things ended. And, and it's just hard to get yourself back up after, you know, setting a record like that. But they, you know, got right back on on the train and, and stayed hot. And now we're just seeing this regression. And it's hitting at a larger time and it's looking a bit more massive because we're out of the all-star break where this is a time of year where we're talking about the teams like the you know, historically like Pittsburgh, for example, where all oh, they sleepwalk the first half and then they turn it on the second. So it's kind of maybe a little, you know, disorienting for us to see a good team playing down now when, oh, you should have come back and had the rest and this and that. And and that's what we're seeing from, you know, we're also seeing it from Winnipeg. We're also seeing that from L.A. Although I think there's other issues with L.A., but those are teams that played really well early. And now the regression of just, okay, we're not as good this night or we're not able to give that full energy, uh, you know, during this stretch or on these trips. And, and, and that's coming to fruition. So, you know, lucky to get the draw with uh, Tampa and Boston because obviously division rivals, they both need those points to hang on. But, uh, yeah, you can't just run and jump on, on Boston right now. If anything, this might be the only time we have uh, unless they can't get things rolling and moving ahead. But this is a good time now to possibly be looking to fade against the Bruins. Yeah, and right now it's just not been, you know, one of the uh, better, you know, better stretches of hockey, I think, right now from this uh, Boston. They haven't been uh, on top of their game, and we've been seeing that clear as day. There's no question. So keep an eye on them moving forward. Just buyer beware trying to back them. Great result for me was Columbus-Ottawa. I mean, everything that we talked about in that game was uh, right as rain. We had the first period, both teams to score as easy as it gets there. Jackets and sends. It was 1-1 in the first 10 minutes. Ottawa team total. Full game over. I did jump on that live at six and a half once i saw that seven was too high 
pregame, but you figured a Tarasov and a returning Forsberg in net who hasn't played in forever for Ottawa would be a recipe for goals. And uh, that was a really good result for me. 6-3 Ottawa. Ottawa's a team that, you know, I'm not looking to step in front of them right now, Alex. They're going through a nice run. They're getting their shit together. I said, I said going back a month or two months ago on this show, I said, you let this team get a slew of home games in a row. And finally, they're at home. They did a lot of travel when they first fired Smith and they brought Jacques Martin in. And it's just difficult to get your ducks in a row when you're still on a road trip to get the systems implemented uh, and get, you know, the, the way Jacques wants them to play a little bit better defensively. There's still ways to go to them, get where they want to be defensively, but they're definitely improving at that end of the ice. And their offense is great right now. Everybody's contributing. Kachuk with a huge night. Our guy Pinto, uh, the Rambler Gambler, as I call him. Uh, he's been really good lately for the Sens. Uh, Batherson, go on down the list. Uh, Ridley Gregg, the man that was at the uh, forefront of the controversy with Toronto on Saturday night. He scores last night. So lots to like right now with Ottawa. And there was absolutely zero to like about the Los Angeles Kings last, last night. I couldn't believe it. I mean, that was that's the uh, it's about the ugliest bet I'll ever place uh, that I had a penny on that team last night. That was just so fucking horrific from start to finish last night. And you know that, you know, the, the, the Shaq on the NBA on TNT, Shaquille O'Neal, who actually got his jersey retired by, which is ridiculous yeah. to me that he got his jersey retired by Orlando, quite honestly, for four years there, you know, and it's not like they had a ton of success there when he was there. Uh, but uh, oh. I just feel that's a little bit um, over the top that they that, that they retired his jersey there. I mean, it's uh, he did most of his winning with Miami and his championships with Miami and the Lakers. But nevertheless, the one thing Shaq says is the general leads, the troops will follow. Well, guess what? One of your generals on this L.A. team is Drew Doughty. He made one of the worst giveaways I've ever seen, like ever seen. What's the hockey 101? You don't fucking cross ice pass in your own zone across your own net. And it gets picked off. Greenway fires at home. Uh, back to Big Civ Dave. He was atrocious last night. I can't believe that's the same David Riddick that shut out the Edmonton Oilers who put up, what, eight goals last night on the Detroit Red Wings. David Riddick shuts him out Saturday uh, night. David Riddick was back to the Civ last night. Big Civ Dave. Back in full force. One of those goals can't go in. It goes right through the five hole. It's lying there, and it's pounded into the net by Buffalo. And once they got down 3 4 nothing, that was it. I mean, they just they basically mailed it in the rest of the night. There was no effort. There was no attempt to at least try to, you know, get some positive vibes going for the next game, even though you knew you weren't going to come back in that game. I mean, and all the goodwill and all the hope that, you know, a lot of people had after that great first game under Jim Hiller where you beat up a great Edmonton team at home for nothing, and you have that kind of effort and no follow-up to that great performance against Edmonton, and you make mistakes galore defensively. I've never seen Andre Kopitar have a worse. That's the worst night of his career. He was on the ice, I think, for six of the goals last night that were scored by the Buffalo Sabres, and that's a shame. This guy, obviously, offensively, he's capable, but he's been known just as much to be an amazing defensive player throughout his entire uh, career, and to see that last night for him is just, just eye-popping to see uh, Kopitar have that bad of a night defensively I mean, hideous he was in that game. The whole team was. The goalie was just as bad, uh, David Riddick. And the result was a Buffalo team that doesn't win many games by that kind of score. Seven to nothing. It was like Bills versus Rams last night, uh, not uh, Sabres versus Kings. Uh, touchdown Buffalo uh, last night. And uh, just an absolute, like it's just, 
I, I thought we'd get on this Kings team and ride them and roll with them a little bit and start to maybe cash some tickets, see them go on a win streak. Now I know for damn sure I'll probably won't bet the next L.A. game side or uh, from a side perspective. I won't be on L.A. again. That's for damn sure. But I'd probably be a little reluctant to jump on the other side. So I'm just going to sit back, watch this team for a bit, see how this unfolds. But that is such an absolute hitting of the shits last night from the L.A. Kings after what they were able to do against Edmonton. We were on this damn betcast Saturday night as well. Super Saturday betcast. We were all just, what a game by this Kings team. They look like they found their, 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 their team game again. And then just last night, the very next game, it's like these, this team's never played an NHL game before. That's how bad it was. Yeah, they're just they're just in, in poor form right now, and and it's funny. You know, we talk about the other coaching changes that happen around the league. Obviously, with Edmonton, uh, Minnesota, St. Louis, with the great uh, bump that Bannister has given them, and that's continued success that we've seen from them, as opposed to maybe say like a Minnesota team. We're kind of seeing a next man down mentality, if you will, from the Kings in the sense of well, it's just Hiller. He's just another assistant. He's been a long time assistant, granted, but. It wasn't somebody brand new to change up things. It wasn't Patrick Waugh showing up and changing the philosophy on Long Island. So I didn't get too carried away with what we saw. Yes, they looked good against Edmonton, and, and that's you know a division rival, a team you need to be fired up for. But that still doesn't change the other issues they have. They still have these flaws and these issues. And that was the reason for me making that bet you know, midseason of this team won't make the playoffs because it's deeper than coaching. It's deeper than just they're missing their goaltender and don't have their rotation anymore. This is there's flaws all over the place, and it just seems like the, the camaraderie they had early has fallen apart. And once again, another team that played hot early, and maybe they they kind of you know uh, you know pardon the phrase blew their nut a little bit early. And now here they are, just kind of wondering, you know, what kind of team are we? And at the same time, you've got Seattle trying to fight hard. You got uh, St. Louis now back in the wild card mix. Calgary still in the in the fight. But you got all these teams now that are nipping at you, and you aren't you know winning at the clip you were winning in October and November. And now they seem to be catching up to you and you started to slide down the wrong way. So, uh, yeah, it, it's problematic for L.A. And I got to just say something to you mentioned about Shaq with the Jersey retirement. Orlando wouldn't have had a basketball team into the 2000s without Shaq being there for those four years. He changed everything. He made that an actual basketball city. And uh, yeah. his impact there yeah. lasts really, really longer than just the four years he played yeah. with the Magic. So that's the reason. I get it. All right. All right. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like. I'm not saying it was a brutal decision for them to sure. retire as jersey. I'm just a little surprised because usually you want to see it when his guy's been there for eight, ten, twelve years, multiple championships. That's what I think of when I think of jersey retirement. The the buildup um, of his superstardom came from Orlando. The shoes, him yeah. dunking and bringing the backboards down, him and Penny. Yeah, yeah. Like for instance, when Sir Patrick Kane, who clearly is going to get his jersey retired uh, by the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, gets that. That's. That's the penultimate Jersey right. retirement deserving Indeed. right there. Yes. You know, most of his career in Chicago, well over a decade, multiple championships that that checks all Ian Cameron's boxes for getting his yeah. Jersey retired right there. I just thought it was Shaq only a few, four years, but you're right. The impact he made on Orlando for basketball. Look was, at, look at Marion Hosa, Marion Hosa. If you think about his career, at least for me, and, and I'm a Hawks fan, but I still think more about him with the Ottawa senators than anybody else. But he, his number 81 is hanging up the United center because of what he did for the, the Hawks in the time that he was there. So. Yeah. Yeah. No question. Um, what else did we see last night? Anaheim, Montreal, 5 nothing Montreal. Um, and that's why I stayed off that game. I said, I don't, I don't want to 
goal against Montreal when they got embarrassed by St. Louis. And I didn't really love laying a price with Montreal either, but I know I talked myself out of Anaheim because I was worried about Montreal showing up after they getting blown out on Super Bowl Sunday at home by St. Louis. And they did. They were great. Shout out for Caden Primo. And how about an old school flair to that game? Multiple fights, dust-ups, a lot of scrums, multiple fights. You had Adam Henrique fighting Caden Gooley. I did not have that uh, on my bingo card for Ducks Canadians last night. Uh, but sure enough, got a little heated uh, late in the game. Uh, and uh, good to see that. And Uri Slavkovsky cashes another goal prop for us too. I mean, keep an eye on that uh, with him. He continues to really, really start to, starting to put it together now, playing with Suzuki and Caulfield. It's been a very good top line lately for uh, Montreal as they slammed the door shut on the uh, Anaheim Ducks last night, 5-0 uh, in that game. Uh, the Kraken, 2-1 to one win in a shootout over the New York Islanders last night. I was very surprised by this. I mean, Islanders were rested, coming off a bad game against Calgary, and they just looked, they just, this is where Seattle's speed came into play. Seattle's a fast team. We know Definitely. that. They've been kind of struggling since the break. And yes, they were on a back-to-back, but they still out-hustled and out, just out-skated the Islanders all night, won puck battles, had the puck more because the because they were the faster team. And the Islanders had trouble keeping up. The Islanders had a bunch of power play chances, too, and couldn't convert on any of them. And I thought they were scared to shoot the fucking puck on a few of them, which is absolutely absurd considering uh, you're facing a goalie for the first time who hasn't played in forever. Uh, but uh, yeah, and see, and now the Islanders have hit another little speed bump, two losses in a row uh, under Patrick Waugh. But kudos to the Kraken. That was a really trick, tough spot last night. Find a way to win uh, in a shootout, two to one last night over uh, the New York Islanders. Uh, 4-2 Dallas beating Carolina. This was a great hockey game. I watched pretty much all of this game from start to finish. You can just tell watching this game. These are two really good teams. These are two teams that are going to be making noise April, May, and perhaps into June. That's how good it was. It was competitive. It was back and forth. It was pretty evenly played. There was some good goaltending moments on both sides from both Pyotr Kochetkov and from uh, Jake Ottinger, although Ottinger got the better of him. And Ottinger's really had a couple of great games now since the break. The Buffalo game was outstanding. And last night, the save he made on Michael Bunting uh, in the third period, absolute robbery uh, to deny Michael Bunting of a goal from it right in tight uh, by Jake Ottinger in that game. A great challenge late in the game by uh, Peter DeBoer when it looked like Carolina got it to within a goal. Clearly, he pushed the stick, the, the pads of Ottinger with his stick. Uh, they couldn't let that goal stand. So a 4-2 Dallas victory in that game. And shout out to John Massey and some of the others that had a sneaking suspicion that game would stay under the total last night, six and a half, knowing we had a, two pretty good goalies in the, uh, for both teams and maybe two teams kind of uh, looking at that as kind of a playoff tester, if you will, uh, to show, see where they're at. Uh, but Dallas gets the job done, and it's nice to see them have a comfortable margin for a change because for some reason, home games, good or bad opponent, they've been letting teams hang around. But nice to see Dallas play one. Of, that was their, one of their better efforts, I think, start to finish that Dallas has had in quite uh, some time. But uh, that was a great game, Alex, Carolina-Dallas last night. Yeah, I watched a, a good chunk of that game as well. And like I said, you know, Jake Ottinger has stepped up now, and he's he's looking good in some of these starts. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a little dive this weekend and kind of maybe look at some of the Vesna Trophy odds. But he's one of those guys, a couple other guys that I, I like circle. I might take a small sprinkle on now because if he can get into a, a good rhythm the second half, help Dallas win the Central Division. He could easily be one of those top three finalists, uh, potentially, if he can, you know, continue this run. So, that would be huge for Dallas if, if, if so, and we might be able to get a little bit of uh, good futures value now 
locking down on that. But uh, that was a, a fantastic game. Like I said, Kochekov held his own as well, uh, you know, made some big saves, and he's going to be the key piece. If Carolina is really serious about being a playoff team this year and making a run past the first round, you have to go Kochekov. Don't worry about any of this. If Edwin Anderson comes back, if Bronta's healthy for, for what, two weeks, uh, Kochekov's your guy. Don't screw around and, and roll with it. And if, if they make any more balances or changes or try to make some trades and screw this thing up, there's a good chance we could see Carolina just completely bottom out and somehow possibly find their way out of the playoffs. It wouldn't shock me one bit. If they rock the apple cart any more than they already have with their goaltending, that could be problematic. So I think they need to roll Kochekov and, and move that forward, and they'll be in, in a good position. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, like I said, I was that I've seen some positives in Dallas's game. There's no question about that moving forward. Which I know makes Matt Robinson very happy. By the way, and that you're not, we'll never live. Let Cheshire Cat unfortunately forget that. Right when he said that on one of the betcasts, the Stars will yeah. miss the playoffs. Yeah. in a <laughs> moment where I think he had some enhancers in his system that night. Quite For honestly, sure. yeah. but uh, yeah, that was uh, pretty funny. That 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 would go down. That would be the equivalent of one of those freezing cold takes tweets. Uh, right there uh, that uh, yeah uh, that was actually uttered by we love Cheshire cat but at the same time yeah saying yeah. the stars missing the playoffs that night was a little was a little it's rough, rough. <laughs> it's a little rough here in that yeah no doubt uh, what else did we see uh, last night the uh, remainder of the games uh, New Jersey man well done back to back for them they go on the road down in the third period two to one find a way to beat Nashville four two um Good stuff from them. And two really nice defensive efforts. In fact, they've played pretty solid defensively since the break, you know, in a lot of games. So uh, no question about that. Um, we'll give New Jersey a lot of credit. It was an impressive. And I know Nashville's up and down like crazy, but I mean, New Jersey winning that game last night, 4-2, very impressive. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks, look, that was a spot for them to easily lay an egg because you're playing a weak Chicago team. You're dead tired at the end of a road trip. Still got the job done, 4-2. Uh, last night against the Blackhawks uh, in that game. Uh, like we said, we had the Dick Hog parlay for the goal score parlay, courtesy of Allen, and we come one short. We had Hoaglander, the hog part of it. Dick didn't live up to his uh, uh, end of the bargain there with that uh, uh, Dick Hog goal score parlay in the Blackhawks and the uh, Canucks game. But solid win for Vancouver. Workmanlike, got it done. Uh, Chicago again offensively challenged what else is new another game where they're held to two goals or less but shout out to my former Hamilton Bulldog uh, player played here for a few years Mackenzie Antwistle fighting uh, Dakota yeah. Joshua last night that's not his game at all he was able to be willing to take on that guy credit to him yeah no it's that was a uh, probably the actual highlight for the Hawks was was that fight. Honestly, the two goals were were solid. Ryan Donato with a great assist, which uh, that really made me happy. He's a guy who's pretty much disappointing me for most of the year. I thought he was going to be a key offensive piece, and I, I thought his signing was great at the beginning of the year. But he's been non-existent, and clearly he was in Luke Richardson's doghouse because we've seen him most of the time spending you know uh, time on the third and fourth lines, even with all the injuries. He still hasn't worked his way back up to a consistent number one or, or, or number two line spot. So that that says uh, most of you need to know there. But like I said, yeah, that could have been a sleepwalk game for Vancouver. They took it seriously and, uh, you know, earned themselves two uh, much needed points. Obviously now top team in, in the West. So they're rocking and rolling. But, uh, you know, Hawks still struggling. Everybody's just waiting for Connor Bedard to get back. And how amazing is this? Jason Dickinson, as you mentioned, didn't get the goal, but he did get an assist. So he now leads the team in points. The first time that someone other than Bedard has led the team in points all year long, and Bedard's been gone for literally over a month. So uh, that just tells you all you need to know about the Hawks' lack of offensive. 
Yeah, no doubt. Uh, there's no question about that. Struggling to score goals, and it continued last night. That's a great point, John, about New Jersey. They really own that game for a large chunk of it. First period could have been three or four for New Jersey, if not for uh, UC Soros. So they definitely deserve to win that game. Wow. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, and look, I thought we were going to see a competitive effort from Detroit. Well, we did for two periods. That game was 3-3 going into the third period, and it looked like, wow, here I am, and here I am with Detroit and the draw uh, in that game, and I had already cashed all the totals, and we nailed that one on the show yesterday, saying, okay, Edmonton's been playing all these unders, holding teams to two goals or less in a majority of their games. It's not going to happen for the rest of the season in every single game. They're going to start to regress a little bit defensively. I looked at some of their defensive metrics. 90% of them are unsustainable what they've done the last month or two. Yeah, they've improved a lot defensively. Alex and I have talked about that with Edmonton, but they're not going to keep every single team they play for the rest of the season to two goals or less. It's just not going to happen. So I said, this is a spot here. Detroit's kind of playing up and down hockey, you know, willing to play with pace that we were going to get goals early and often. And we did. But what I did not expect was when, when it was three, three going into the third, that it would be just a volcanic eruption like that from the Edmonton Oilers. My goodness. They absolutely exploded in the third period. Uh, eight to three beat down, eight four, I should say, for the uh, Edmonton Oilers last night over the uh, Detroit Red Wings. They're scary right now. And I'm not just saying that because now, what are they, 18 and two uh, in their last 20 games? I'm not just saying it because of that. How many years have been going back to Dana Lane's of the world and the Andrew McGinnis's of the world being on this show with us? How many times have we said about the Oilers, they rely so much on McDavid and so much on Dreisaitl that, and they don't always get those step-up contributions from everyone else. And then you see a game like last night, and there's two defensemen, CeCe and Bouchard scoring. There's Nugent Hopkins scoring two goals. There's Hyman and Kane scoring for them. There's Dylan Holloway chipping in some offense. Look at what McLeod and Fogle have done for this team for the majority of this 20-game stretch as well. Now they're getting the other forward stepping in and stepping out, stepping up, I should say. Uh, and they are a, a very lethal team right now. Uh, there is no question. They got all four lines contributing. I don't think it helped Detroit either. As John says, you're right. Who's so getting injured? Lion had to come in. Yeah. Lion's been playing pretty decently. Not last night. Uh, there's no question. But that was a tough spot for him. And how about the night for Connor McDavid? You know, I try not to go overboard. Everybody else you know, pumps 97's tires and goes on and on about how amazing he is. I don't feel the need to do that here on this show, but last night you have to. I mean, six assists, six points in the game. What can you say? Six-point night, all of them assists for Connor McDavid. <laughs> Absolutely remarkable stuff, and the Oilers turned it into a blowout in the third period. Yeah, and it drives home the point where you're saying about, you know, dispersing and getting your secondary scoring going. So when you have McDavid getting six assists in a night, uh, you know, dry side helping out those those other guys, and then you know they're going to score goals as well. Yeah, that that's as dynamic of an offense as you get in the league. Now, of course, things will start to regress naturally as we get closer into the postseason because that just happens with offense, right? We every offensive team we love and talk about go back to Florida a couple of years ago, even this Edmonton team last year. When it's time to buckle down and and play three two hockey, can you get back to playing three two hockey? You know, and, and and we're waiting for that club. At least I know I've been waiting for a team to just go through the, the playoffs and just bulldoze everybody with offense. This could be that team. Maybe we find that 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 difference in balance where they go first round. You know what? Let's just blitz everybody and and win and, and try and score seven eight goals. 
and, and, and use that. And I think, you know, like I said, sometimes when you find a, a balance and, and, and you, you know, find some steady ground in your momentum, you just keep rolling with that. Don't get too defensive heavy because everybody else is getting defensive heavy. If you scoring nine goals is what's working right now, keep scoring nine fucking goals and, and do as much as you can to get that offense on the, the higher side of, of scoring. I, I think that was the issue for a team like Florida when they had that collapse in the playoffs. They wanted to try to play the playoff hockey everybody knows about. Oh, no, play what, stick with what works. You know, brings it, bring the, uh, stay with the trick that you brought to the dance. That's basically what you have to do with that approach. And I think that's the reason why Edmonton's playing so well. Yes, they're getting the defense. They're getting the goaltending now, but they're not so worried about that. They're, they're just playing their game. You know, we're, we're not badgering them about making saves and, and, and holding teams to three goals or less. They're just naturally doing it. And now we're looking at the offense. So I think there's a lot of pressure that's off of that team. And I think that's what makes them more dangerous. That's the difference between them and you know, Toronto right now. Toronto can't get any kind of pressure off of them. Okay, Toronto could win the next five games, 10 nothing, and we're still going to find something to bitch about with the Maple Leafs. But with Edmonton right now, the pressure and, and, and all the shit that we had said about October, November, that's all gone now. And so now they can just be themselves and play free hockey, and that's the most dangerous thing above all. Uh, absolutely, and they're dangerous, and they're final, their structure is better. You know, I think, and now you're seeing a full season of Matias Ekholm kind of benefiting them as well. Uh, you know, that veteran stay-at-home defensive-minded presence has helped. And, of course, Skinner has got his game back. There's no question about that. Uh, he's been a lot uh, better the last few months as well. All right, we've got three games as we turn our attention to Wednesday night, and this one is TNT. And TNT, by the way, is not only doing this game the, on the main TNT, but they're doing a spit and chicklets like alternative broadcast tonight as well on True TV uh, for this uh, Florida and Pittsburgh game tonight with Biz Whitney and the crew. So that'll be interesting to see how that uh, plays out. But we've got Florida and Pittsburgh Panthers minus 130 uh, road favorites, six the total in this game. Didn't these teams just play in Pittsburgh like recently? I think I remember uh, recently I was on Florida in Pittsburgh, and I think it was an overtime win, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was. I'm just seeing it now. Yeah, or shootout win. 3-2 for the Florida Panthers in Pittsburgh just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they're 2-0 in the series history, uh, in the in the season series, I should say, uh, over Pittsburgh. Uh, Florida's playing well. They won the last two at home. They bounced back from that game in, against Philadelphia where they lost two to one coming out of the break. Although the Flyers have been a freight train since the break. So that loss doesn't even look as bad right now with the way the Flyers have played. They bounce back uh, and they end up beating both Washington and Colorado very impressively uh, at home. We'll see how they fare here in this one. Um, I'm not stepping in front of this Florida team. Florida's got the second best road record in the NHL right now. Second best road record in the NHL, 17 and seven and one uh, on the road this year for the Florida Panthers. And a lot of my betting victories with them has, have been on the road as opposed to at home. Pittsburgh, look, they need the points more than Florida does. There's no question, but doesn't mean you're going to get them. Uh, and after that three, nothing win against Winnipeg, Coming out of the break, they dropped two in a row on the road against the Wild and the Jets. They've had a hard time matching up. And if you look at the defensive metrics of this team, they don't even, they're they're just far worse compared to Florida. Florida is like number one or number two in goals against, expected goals against. I mean, it's been unbelievable how uh, good the defensive numbers look right now uh, for the Florida Panthers. Uh, and um, look, I think they are validating right now that last year and the run they made in the Stanley Cup playoffs, it wasn't a flash in the pan. They needed to show that they could have a better regular season because really they didn't have a good regular season last year. They just got hot 
late in the season in the last month trying to make the playoffs desperately, which they barely did. And then it was the playoffs where they got on the run and looked like the team where this season they've looked a lot more like that playoff team as opposed to the middling, meandering, regular season team that we saw last year. So I'm going to go same bet I placed last time. Now, look, it was a close game. I think this will be a close game, too. I don't think it's going to be a runaway by any stretch of the imagination for Florida, but they're the much better team eye test-wise. They're the much better team uh, statistically, especially on the defensive side right now. So at a price this cheap, minus 125, minus 130, doing it with the Florida Panthers here, minus 130 uh, in this one. I might sprinkle on the team total as well, but the team total did fall short the last time they were in Pittsburgh. So I do think I'm still going to put the majority of that position on the money line uh, here with uh, Florida tonight. Bobrovsky and Jari, by the way, you're starting goaltending matchup. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Panthers, Penguins. So, yeah, I'm going with a chalk and draw split here. I, I think, like I said, Florida's been solid on, on the road, and it's a team that I don't want to go against. But Pittsburgh needing the points, and I can see where this may be. They try to, you know, muck things up, make things a little bit more physical, which plays right in the Florida style. And it could be a bit of a slower a slower pace and a slower start for them. Like I said, you want to try and tamper that uh, that that Panther offense a little bit. So, I, draw would, wouldn't be shocking for me, but I have a little bit more on the Panthers. Like I said, I grabbed a, a minus $1.25 All right, so it's a Florida and draw split for Alex. I like the Evan Rodriguez look. There's no doubt. I agree with that fully. Uh, I, you know, I think he's got a good chance to find the back of the net here. He's against his, one of his old teams, uh, the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. So I definitely agree with that. And he's still on the power play as well right now for this Panthers team on the second unit. If I'm not mistaken, I I'll actually think he did score when they. Yes, he did. That was the last goal he scored at Pittsburgh. Last time they played the Penguins in Pittsburgh. So. Uh, we'll see how it goes here. Uh, I, I agree. This is not a I Pittsburgh. If the Pittsburgh had a great game at last time they were at home against Winnipeg, no question. Um, this is not a <laughs> this is not a shoe in by any stretch of the imagination here with Florida tonight because this is a much more important two points for Pittsburgh as they desperately try to hang on in the playoff race. So, uh, like I said, though, I mean Florida's been good to me. I've back any time I see Florida in this kind of a price range on the road where they're a second best seventeen and seven and one on the road this year, I'm going to bet them. I don't care who they're playing or the situation. So uh, floor, as long as they're not on a back-to-back, which they're not uh, here. So yeah, Florida here in this one. And like I say, yeah, Lars Eller is worth a look too. I agree. Lars Eller as a uh, the depth forward look for the uh, P- Pittsburgh Penguins. And like I said, Evan Rodriguez, probably my favorite look here for the Panthers as far as goal props uh, in this one. All right, San Jose Sharks and Winnipeg Jets. Yes, that is the San Jose Sharks. Finally, the last team in the NHL to be playing since the All-Star break. Uh, but they are finally uh, back in action here tonight, uh, taking on the uh, Winnipeg Jets. We've got Winnipeg. How about a minus 450 home favorite for the uh, Winnipeg Jets here in this game? Massive chalk they are. Uh, and the total sitting at uh, five and a half uh, pretty much across the board here uh, in this one. Um, I mean, this is just one of those games where it's for San Jose. You know, are you really going to get them sharp and uh, playing their best early? We've seen teams kind of struggle in this situation post All-Star break where a team that's played at least a few games or at least one, two, three games since the break faces a team that hasn't played since the break. And the team that hasn't played has been often been at a disadvantage uh, going into this one. So um, I'm going to go about it this a different way uh, with the uh, approach here. Uh, it's only even money. It's like plus 100, minus 105. It's not a great price, but I'm going to lay a little first period puck line here 
uh, on the Winnipeg Jets. You just got to believe they can grab a lead in the first 20 minutes. San Jose hasn't played in forever. And obviously, we know the Winnipeg Jets are the much better of these two teams. And look, I don't think they're going to look at this as a letdown spot because what? They beat Pittsburgh and they snapped the two, uh, two horrible games. We won one measly game. We're satisfied. Absolutely not. You got to keep it going now. You got to get that form back that you had most of the first half of the season. You don't just say, oh, we had two shit games coming out of the break against the Penguins and the Flyers on the road. Yeah, we beat Pittsburgh against at home, and now it's time to slough off again. No, you got to get build that momentum again. Build that confidence back up for this Winnipeg Jets team. And you got the perfect opponent in the perfect spot to do that. San Jose, one of the worst teams in the NHL and in a situation where they have not played since January 31st. That is a freaking long time to not play hockey. So I'm going to hope that the Winnipeg Jets pounce on them early. And I'm going to go a step further as well with this. Not only Winnipeg first period puck line here uh, in this uh, game with the uh, Sharks and the Jets, but I'm also going to go with a at a, over one and a half at plus 200 over team total for the Jets in the first period. Uh, in this game so give, give me a two spot uh, in the first period here from the uh, Winnipeg Jets which by the way they were able to accomplish on Saturday night against the Pittsburgh Penguins they were up two nothing uh, after the first period I can see exact same score uh, here tonight two nothing Winnipeg uh, maybe a Winnipeg two nothing correct score prop in the first period too hell why not it was two nothing against Pittsburgh the other night so there we go over uh, two plus 200 is a great price for that Winnipeg first period team total over one and a half plus 200 and I also like that even money Winnipeg puck line first period here as well that's it nothing full game uh, because look we saw Winnipeg park the bus against Pittsburgh with the two nothing lead the other night and Chances are, if they have that kind of a margin here tonight, they might do the same. Knowing that San Jose, not the biggest threat in the world, to dent a very good team. When Winnipeg's on their game, they're as good as it gets defensively and with Hellebuck on his game. You know, it's not like the Sharks are going to put the uh, fear of God in Winnipeg that they're going to come back down two goals. Winnipeg can just play tight, shut it down, and move get their win and move on. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Alex? San Jose, Winnipeg. So this would be a, a complete pass for me normally, but I am going to take a small shot with the draw because it's at plus 490, and that's an insane number. And here's the thing. Yes, as bad as San Jose is, you've had two weeks off. You should come out fully rested, if nothing else. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be, you know, like I said, tight. We, we, we expect maybe some loose and sloppy play in the first five minutes, but but the rest should not be an issue. Uh, and in, in saying that, maybe – if they have some kind of pushback, it would be early. If they can get the first goal and maybe kind of just push Winnipeg on their heels a bit, where we've seen at times where if they aren't dictating the pace and tempo, they can be kind of a, a bit off kilter. So I, I, get, I get what you're saying. The, the, you're going with the logic here uh, that Winnipeg being the fresher team could just run in there and blow them out because they're also the be vastly better team. I just think this game, in my pit of my stomach, it feels like some random shit could happen. And a 4-4 overtime wouldn't shock me one bit. So I'm grabbing a little bit of draw money, and that, that's pretty much about it. I'll just be kind of eyeing in watching this game more than anything else. All right. Like in a little piece of the draw, that is a huge monster price uh, on the draw. That is for sure. Uh, talking about uh, plus 490 uh, for Sharks Jets draw uh, here tonight uh, in this game. And it is worth noting, too, this has not been an easy opponent for Winnipeg at times. I mean, you look at this year, two meetings, San Jose won two to one at home. Uh, or San Jose, I won it at at home two to one, and then the other meeting in San Jose, January fourth, was only two to one Winnipeg. 
So they haven't had an easy time of it. But again, they catch a, a Sharks team that is really, and I mean really, uh, on a huge layoff here. We're talking about nearly two weeks since, exactly two weeks since the San Jose Sharks last played a hockey game. Uh, there's no question that could be trouble uh, tonight here, taking the ice in an NHL game for the first time. Kokkinen and Hellebuck, by the way, uh, are going to be the goaltenders tonight in this matchup with the uh, Sharks and the Jets. Not a whole lot that I love as far as the props go, uh, but I do want to point something out. Um, Niederreiter scored against um, Pittsburgh. I think he could go on a bit of a run, and I think Perfetti, if you look at Perfetti, He's cooled off a little bit, but he's had a bunch of chances here in these last few games. I think Cole Perfetti is someone that's, I think, due for the Winnipeg Jets to once again find the back of the net. So those would be a couple I'd be eyeing here uh, on the Winnipeg side. All right, the third and final game for this uh, Wednesday night slate, the uh, Minnesota Wild, who had an extremely impressive victory uh, in Vegas the other night. Uh, they will look to keep it going as they take on the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, we've got Minnesota, a slight road favorite here at Mullet. Uh, minus 115 road chalk in the desert. We have a total here sitting at uh, six uh, pretty much across the board in this one. Uh, I got to give uh, Minnesota their credit. Uh, going to Vegas is not easy, especially Golden Knights have been playing well, uh, and they get a nice 5-3 win over Vegas uh, on uh, Monday night. Uh, and now that is two, three straight wins out of the All-Star break for the Wild. Um, albeit the Chicago one still, as we've talked about, wasn't the most impressive. Uh, but they beat Pittsburgh on Marc-Andre Fleury's 1,000th game night, uh, 3-2 last week. And then that 5-3 win in Vegas, I did not see that coming, especially once Aiden Hill was confirmed. It w- yes, they probably got Aiden Hill on one of his you know off nights. It wasn't one of his better games. But really, they pounced on a few mistakes uh, by this um, minute by this um, Vegas team, uh, took advantage of it. Brock Faber was phenomenal again. This kid continues to impress. You have to get right back on the well with uh, the assist prop. You keep betting that until it stops cashing at this point. I mean, the assist is still plus 120, plus 130, and all this guy does is get at least one, it seems, in every recent game uh, on the back end right now for this wild team. Uh, Back to Marc-Andre Fleury tonight uh, in goal. Uh, Of course, we saw Gustafson get the start against Vegas, so this will be Fleury's first start since that that Friday night when he got the win in the 1,000th game against his old team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Connor Ingram. Uh, will be a net here for the uh, Arizona Coyotes after uh, we all pounced on Philly in some form, most of us the team total, with uh, Vimelka uh, the other night in net, noting his struggles. Uh, But I will say this slowly but surely, um, Alex, Connor Ingram is starting to spring some leaks here lately. Not anything to be alarmed about, but, you know, the last four starts, he gave up the six to Tampa, three to Carolina, uh, three to Vegas, uh, five goals to Nashville. Uh, in that last game that he was in net where the Predators came back from, I believe, a 4-2 deficit in the third period, and they beat Arizona 5-4 in overtime. So uh, 0-4 now is uh, Connor Ingram in his last four starts for the Arizona Coyotes. And I like the mojo Minnesota's kind of rolling with right now. So I'm a little reluctant to step in front of the Wild here. Now, Arizona has won three straight meetings here against the uh, Wild, uh, and they've won two in a row here at home. I believe since Mullet Arena, has been in existence for their home games. Arizona's undefeated 2-0 and against Minnesota. So this is a real tough game. Real tough game. I'd lean Minnesota. I like their form better right now uh, at this point in time. I don't love it, though. Maybe the draw. This is as close as I got to a draw tonight uh, on the card. Minnesota and Arizona. I think I could see one take place here. The last time these teams met in the desert, it was 5-4 overtime win for Arizona last March. 
Um, Arizona went to OT a couple games ago against Nashville. So that's probably what I'll get involved with. Maybe I get to Minnesota. I lean that way, but certainly might put a few bucks on the draw here. This is the one that stands out to me of the three games as the one with the most likely OT shootout potential. Uh, what do you think, Alex? Wild Coyotes. Yeah, I have a draw ticket on in this game, too, only because it fits the draw season criteria. You got two teams, same division, uh, still playing as if they have a chance to make the postseason. I'm saying that more so in the Minnesota, and I really don't think they have much of a chance. But I think Arizona falls out of, out of favor as well. So this could be a good back and forth kind of a battle game. And I think this is a good game for live wagering. Uh, I, I lean toward more toward Minnesota in this spot. Like I said, even though Arizona's won the last three meetings, Minnesota had dominated uh, the Yolks for quite some time. And, and like I said, Arizona has kind of taken a step back. And even if you look at how the Coyotes were playing around that time when those three contests were much better back then than, than they are where right now, this looks like a Coyotes team, like I said, that, you know, they've, you know, they've expended all the energy they pretty much have, and, and they're still missing enough talent to be a true Western Conference playoff team. And that's starting to show where the Wild are showing some grit and some favor right now and just have some good momentum rolling. So I think we can get a better price with the Wild. I think we can see some goals back and forth here. I'm not really jumping on a six right now. I said everything total and even sidewise, I would be looking at uh, end game. The only thing I have pregame is on the draw. All right, liking the uh, draw here in this one. I'd probably lean more first period over than full game in, in yeah. this game if I were to look yeah. uh, in that direction as far as any of the overs in this game. I think the first period over might be the better option. Certainly there were a flurry of goals with Minnesota uh, against Vegas on uh, Monday night. That that first period was never in doubt. Uh, tons of goals early um, between the uh, Golden Knights and the Wild uh, the other night. And if you look at uh, Arizona, you know the last time Ingram was in net, uh, the Nashville game, it went over in the first period. And the Vegas-Arizona game for the Coyotes coming out of the All-Star break went over in the first period as well. So uh, I might get in on a first period over here. Uh, we'll see. I'm talking myself into it as we speak. I'm definitely on Faber assist. That's a no-brainer right now uh, with the way he's playing uh, for the uh, Minnesota Wild. You know, lots of Boldy starting to heat up again. Don't forget about Rossi. Saw him chip in the other night. Uh, Zook, you know, Erickson Eck. I mean, that's why Minnesota's, you know, perked up here with three wins in a row. They're getting multiple contributors offensively. A two-goal night for Erickson Eck uh, against uh, Vegas. Uh, like I said, Matt Boldy starting to rip again. Five points, two goals in the last two games for him. And like I said, uh, Marco Rossi having a kind of a breakout year for him. Kind of went cold for a bit, but got a goal the other night against uh, Vegas. So that's been the key. It's not all on Kaprizov's plate you know, right now for Minnesota. They're getting other people stepping up for them uh, at this point in time. I think for Arizona, if I'm going to look at uh, props here, uh, but uh, I'd look at Jason Zucker. I do. He's had a real knack for scoring against his former teams as well, uh, Jason Zucker. So, again, Minnesota, uh, the first team he was with in the NHL. I know he was with Pittsburgh after that, but Zucker was with uh, Minnesota first. Uh, so Zucker prop might be worth a look here. Uh, tonight in this game. I think Dylan Gunther's due as well. We saw Michelli. We've seen uh, him ch step up a little bit as far as offense goes uh, of late. But uh, Dylan Gunther, I think, is capable. He got a goal and an assist against uh, Nashville uh, over the weekend. He's now in the number one power play unit. So Dylan Gunther, you know, is kind of uh, uh, a player that's uh, got some value, in my opinion, right now. And uh, you know that uh, we were able to cash in a few times uh, earlier this season. Uh, with his props. All right, great stuff. That's the Wednesday card. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Glad you're tuning in. 160 live viewers. Hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. And a reminder, sign up. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. Just $10 per month. Uh, again, 
daily sides, totals, player props posted there each and every day. Uh, of course, bonus videos, bonus content, and exclusive live betcasts. You guys have probably figured out which day it is this week, but I'll still say it because we're not giving out the day until it arrives. But yes, this week there will be a Patreon exclusive live betcast uh, coming up. It's coming. It, it's coming soon. And let me just say that if you want to watch the betcast that we are having this week, it's only available for Patreon members to watch, Patreon members to be a part of on the stream. So make sure you sign up to be a part of our betcast this week. So uh, we are looking forward to that. Patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 per month. Uh, again, and the uh, subscription uh, fees uh, go a long way to preserving this show and keeping it rolling. Uh, for many years to come. So make sure you sign up and subscribe. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys, just $10 per month. Uh, and of course, the Ice Guys store. Uh, make sure you get your gear and your merch. It's all there. IceGuys.MySpreadShop.com. Yeah, today being Valentine's Day, they have a one day special at the Ice Guys store 22% off everything in the store. That's a weird number, but you know, twos, uh, couples, I guess that's what they came up with. So 22% off helps you out. Go to iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Uh, we got everything in stock except for the flex fit caps. I think those are coming back in later this week, but uh, all the hoodies and t-shirts are, should be fully in stock right now. So definitely check that out. 22% off today only for Valentine's Day. Iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Absolutely. Get in on the uh, great gear that you can find at the uh, store. No question about that. As well as the great products that you can get from our daily sponsor here on the Ice Guys show, Boston Hemp Inc. Time to, once again, hear from our good friends at Boston Hemp Inc. Boston and Pink, make sure you check them out. Of course, our great daily sponsors. Be sure to check out the quality products at Boston Hemp Pink today. Use promo code ICEGUYS to save 20% off all orders. Check it out at bostonhempinc.com. All right, it is time for our bargain bin special of the night. Um, I can't even remember who I had last night, but it didn't come through. Oh, it was Corey <laughs> Perry. Scory Perry yeah. was not Scory Perry last night for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. I uh, should have went back to the well with Hoaglander again, like I did on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, but nevertheless, bargain bin special. Three games, Alex. Uh, did you come up with anything? Yeah, I do. In that uh, Arizona and Minnesota game, goal, you mentioned about uh, Marco Rossi looking uh, you know, solid, got, getting the goal and getting his kind of scoring touch together. Those guys in the second, third line are going to really have to step up if Minnesota wants to try to make a push here in the second half. You can get him at bet online at plus 325, anytime goal. So that's why I'm going with Rossi there. I like it. I think that's going to be on my prop card as well. Marco Rossi, one of the candidates for me as well for a bargain bin a special uh, of the night. Uh, my bargain bin special of the night uh, for this slate. Uh, let me just see what the uh, price is. Does it fit that criteria? Ah, of course it does. Evan Rodriguez, Florida Panthers, whew, against his old team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. He scored the last time he faced Pittsburgh, plus 390. 
uh, at Batano is a great price. Let's uh, strike with Evan Rodriguez uh, with the Florida Panthers for my bargain bin special uh, of the night uh, for this Wednesday card. All right, it is time for Best Bets here to wrap it up for this Wednesday edition uh, of the Ice Guys show. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for Best Bet? With this. All right, here we go. Best Bet tonight. We're going to go with uh, draw season. Florida and Pittsburgh, like I said, these are two teams that need points, but they're in different situations. Pittsburgh's kind of a, a bit of a mess where Florida's just absolutely rocking and rolling. But I can see where this game's a little bit tight. TNT cameras there. Uh, like I said, they're going to have the uh, True TV spitting chiclets feed. I'll probably tune into that for all of maybe 10 or 11 seconds. I guess they couldn't get the Impractical Jokers guys uh, to do that. So we'll go with the draw with the Pens and the Cats. Wow. Uh, draw season plus 335 is what I saw. That's my best bet for tonight. You go. Florida, Pittsburgh draw for Alex B. Smith with his best bet. And look, I love Spit and Chicklet's show, but I'm when I when I want to watch a hockey game, like I'll, I'll watch their podcast to watch them talk and prattle on. Right, and I'm sure exactly. it'll be entertaining, but that's what the podcast is for. When I'm watching a hockey game, I want the I want the regular standard broadcast for the most yep. part with Kenny Edzo and, and and Boosh. Uh, but I'm sure I'm sure they'll do a great job. I'm sure it'll be fun. It'll oh, yeah. be funny. It'll be. But it's just for me when I'm watching a sporting event. Like I don't really go to the Manning Cast anymore uh, on yep. football. I, I watched it a couple of times, but I'm just one of those old school old farts now, approaching forty, where I want my standard play by play man and, and 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 booth analyst in there, and 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 that for my entertainment for the game. So I agree. That's just the way it is. Uh, all right, uh, best bet for me here on this uh, Wednesday card. Um, it can only be better than last night with the uh, LA Kings. So uh, hopefully this is, and I'm going to go back to the well with something that did cash for me on Saturday. And it was my best bet on Saturday. It's the exact same bet. It's the Winnipeg Jets first period puck line minus a half minus one Oh five. San Jose has not played in two full weeks. Winnipeg is trying to build some momentum after getting snapping their two game losing streak, coming out of the break, beating the Penguins uh, on Saturday. And I think they get a ripe opportunity here to, Jump on San Jose early as they get their legs under them in the first 20 minutes. And I think Winnipeg can get the lead into the first intermission. Winnipeg first period puck line minus a half minus 105 uh, for my best bet here for this Wednesday card. Uh, That'll wrap up this edition of the show. Thanks to everyone for joining us. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night, and we will see you again tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys. (laughs) 